lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Totters and an Aaron McIntyre, they're here with me as well. If you'd like to join us today, let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. You can email us, Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Uh, also look for me on MeWe, Parlor and Gab. You can follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. And if you're looking for clips of the show, uh, just head over to Rumble.com slash Steve Day Show as well. And again, the last name is D-E-A-C-E. I need to warn you. I'm on tilt here today. I'm on edge. All right? I got halfway here and realized I forgot my built bars. Uh-oh. Yes. That is a that is an uh-oh. Yes. I'm a little afraid, quite frankly. <laughs> well, you're, you're normally the one that tries to instigate me. You know, the thing is... Yeah, but I rely on the Bilt Bars to talk you off the ledge. You were originally hired here uh, to make sure I would not go over the edge. And instead, you have spent the last five years giving me just a little push on a daily basis. I provide you maps for where the edges are. (laughs) Arrows, bright red. You put a a blindfold (laughs) over my eyes, grab grab me by the wrist, and leave me there. Yes. And then remove a surprise. Yes. Trust the edge. Falls, stuff yeah. like that. Yes, there you go. Um, so I have no idea what kind of content you may get. You might even get an extra layer of brutal honesty today without my built bar security blanket. All right. So if this sounds like it really happened, it, it did. Uh, but it's also going to be an awkward segue into doing the live read. You're right about that, too. Don't make the mistake I just made. Don't leave home without them. Uh, they are that important. Uh, you're talking about something that fits into any healthy lifestyle, low sugar, low carb, uh, low cal, and it tastes absolutely great. Uh, you get the variety pack. Every bar in there is 130 calories or less. And then they'll really splurge with like their decadent flavors. And those might be gasp, 150 or 170 calories. All of them, seven grams of sugar, seven carbs or less. A lot of them, five grams or less. Uh, and up to 18 grams of protein in every bar as well. It is the best protein bar you've ever had. And you don't have to Make the sacrifice anymore between taste and health. By the way, they've got a brand new flavor coming out for Father's Day. It's going to be available later this week, the 19th and the 20th, just for Father's Day. So get ready. Caramel brownie. Does that sound like something I would like? Yes. Yeah, that sounds like something I'll be buying for myself for Father's Day, probably when we get done with the show here today. BuiltBar.com, B-U-I-L-T, BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code DACE. Get 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, coming up here today on the program, uh, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz will join us. That'll be next hour of the show. Bottom of the hour, we begin one of our favorite segments each week. That would be buy, sell, or hold. But we must begin, as always, with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away? What happened while we were away? Brought to you by Biden and Putin meet. President Biden and Russian Premier Vladimir Putin met this morning in Geneva, Switzerland. Ahead of that summit, Putin granted an interview to NBC News. Yeah, you're a religious man. President Biden is saying he told you to your face you don't have a soul. 
I do not remember this. Maybe there's something wrong with my memory. He says it was about, it was 10 years ago. 10 years ago when he was vice president, he says. Well, he probably has a good memory. Putin, among other things, said this when asked about Russia's political persecution. Of course not. We don't have this kind of habit of assassinating anybody. That's one. Number two is, I want to ask you, did you order the assassination of uh, the woman who walked into the Congress and who was shot and killed by a policeman. Do you know that 450 individuals were arrested after entering the Congress? And they didn't go there to steal a laptop. They came with political demands. 450 people have been detained. They're facing, they're looking, they're, they're looking at jail time between 15 and 25 years, and they came to the Congress with political demands. Isn't that prosecution for political opinions? Speaking of January 6th, Revolver News published an explosive expose the other day begging a central question of something called unindicted co-conspirators. Revolver points to numerous instances of these unindicted co-conspirators popping up in the criminal charging documents of many of those arrested for their involvement with the events at the Capitol. There's a lot more to the story, and you should go read it yourself, but essentially Revolver surmises that these unindicted co-conspirators were likely federal agents who took part in not only the planning but the perpetrating of some of the more egregious moments at the Capitol on that day. Nevertheless, Attorney General Merrick Garland continues to double down on the domestic terrorist rhetoric. In the FBI's view, the top domestic violent extremist threat comes from racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists, specifically those who advocated for the superiority of the white race. The Southern Baptist Convention yesterday elected Alabama pastor Ed Litton to lead the nation's largest Protestant denomination. Litton is known for <clears throat> racial reconciliation and has drawn some criticism for supposed egalitarian practices. Here's what he had to say about critical race theory at his introductory press conference. I, um, I, I would hope that we would understand that CRT is a reality in our culture. Uh, and I think people are afraid. I don't think they need to be afraid within the Southern Baptist Convention. It is not taught. It is not believed among our seminaries, our professors. Uh, no one is endorsing it. Uh, what we're saying is it's a reality in the culture. We need to understand it. And so I can't predict where that whole thing is going. I, I hope we can have honest discussions and not allegations, things like that, that say this person's CRT, this, and, and to try to, to paint someone into a corner with that. We, we've got to humble ourselves and say, all right, let's talk about the real issue. Because I think it is a distraction from, from real injustice, not perceived injustice. In completely unrelated news, in Canada, a Baptist pastor named Tim Stevens was arrested for violating COVID restrictions by holding church services outdoors. The Rebel News caught the moments Alberta police took him into custody in front of his crying children. <laughs> Hi, Daddy. Hi, guys. 
Can you guys share maybe why Jason Kenny gets a free pass and you're arresting pastors across the province? Any comment, any emotion for this family whatsoever? No, you're just going to drive off just like that. Is this why you became a police officer? A new study from the National Institutes of Health analyzed 24,000 stored blood samples from volunteers across the country from January 2nd to March 18th, 2020. Antibodies against the virus were detected in two different serology tests in nine patient samples during that time frame from participants outside of the major hotspots at the time, New York City and Seattle. The first positive samples came from participants in Illinois and Massachusetts on January 7th and 8th, respectively, meaning the virus was present in those states in late December. In Florida, a group of parents banded together and sent their six kids' face masks to a lab for analysis. The resulting report found that five masks were contaminated with bacteria, parasites, and fungi, including three with dangerous pathogenic and pneumonia-causing bacteria. No viruses were detected on the mask, although the test is capable of detecting viruses. The analysis detected the following alarmingly dangerous pathogens on the mask, Streptococcus pneumonia, Myobacterium tuberculosis, Neisseria meningitis, E. coli, Borrelia bordeferi, which causes Lyme disease, and the bacteria that causes diphtheria, just to name a few. The face masks studied were new or freshly laundered before wearing and then had been worn for five to eight hours, most during in-person schooling by children aged 6 through 11. And finally, a teacher in Israel told her classroom that masks were no longer required. And that's what happened while we were away. You know, the average American struggles with their credit score, and a lot of times it's because they don't have access to the information that would put them in control of it. That's where our friends Scoremaster come into play, because sometimes it's just correcting an error, knowing what the error is, or knowing, hey, there's a, there's a certain amount of, of a balance of debt-to-income ratio, or, uh, you know, a repayment plan that, that might have made all the difference, sometimes up to 100 points in a matter of weeks, sometimes up to 30 points in a matter of days. Uh, if you want that information, and you should because it belongs to you, it's your information. It should be in, it should be pre- provided to you in a way that empowers you to have control over your situation. We're talking about jobs, look at credit scores nowadays. That's getting a house, getting a car, um, getting a business loan, or the terms of repayment on those loans, uh, even if you can qualify. Uh, go over to scoremaster.com slash Steve and see for free How many plus points that you could potentially add to your credit score? And then you can make the decision whether you think it's worth investing for them to help you get to that score or not. When you go to scoremaster.com slash Steve, scoremaster.com slash Steve. Let's let's go to the montage. I'm going to try to get through as many of these uh, topics because they're all very good. I mean, Aaron's montage is good every day. There's some days where multiple topics we could do, you know, an entire opening monologue breaking down. Today, we can almost do that with virtually everything in his monologue. So I'm going to try to give, um, I'm always getting on you guys about the nine paragraph emails. I'm going to take some of my own advice, try to give you some pithy analysis of each of these bullet points, and then we'll open it up for discussion. 
Okay. Um, let's start with the, the Putin clip in the Putin interview. That's a KGB maestro right there. Throwing your own narrative and your own propaganda right back in your face. That is, that is game recognize game. Real recognize real. Vile recognize vile. And Mr. Putin, one of the worst people in this world, looked into the mirror. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the spirit of the ageist of them all? And he looked in and he saw the American left and his own reflection. That is him saying, I mean, you guys are running my playbook. Why are you so offended? This is how we roll. And we don't have a free society. You allegedly do. And you're playing, you're playing the hits. Mine. My greatest hits album. You're the, you're the karaoke version. You're the cover band. I recognize this material. I wrote it. That is a damning, damning conviction. Todd had not seen that video until it aired in the montage. That's among the most demonstrative I've ever seen you during the montage. It's one of the most stone-cold things I've ever seen. I mean, I, I don't make a habit of uh, killing people, but you do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. The revolver piece on January 6th, which has some merit to it because if you have to Tucker Carlson guys I mean he is their highest rated show easily I mean he's the highest rated show in cable news they're they're trying to resurrect their digital product Fox Nation because people like us at Blaze TV kick their ass and so part of his new contract was putting him on that digital platform their biggest star to try to resurrect it with long form conversations I mean he carries a lot of clout Probably no one else. Mike Lindell could probably not buy an ad schedule on any other show on Fox other than his, okay? Um, but understand, if there's not merit to this, and he's given this an audience and a voice, he's toast, guys. Even Tucker Carlson is, is toast. He's putting... He's He put... And, he, and, and I would argue he's done this on numerous occasions. Every time, every time he questions one of these narratives on a platform like that. I mean, look at the rest of their shows. The weekend shows, you know, you got guys like Piero and Levin and, um, and Bongino now. They'll kind of go there, right? But the rest of the prime time line up during the week. You got Laura Ingram, kind of, and then the rest of the, the five, all the rest of their shows. One of these things, kind of Hannity, unless it's, you know, Mark Rich's or Hillary's emails, you know, uh, or what happened to Seth Rich. It, Hannity has just made a career out of whatever is the GOP talking point du jour pablum of the moment. You can go on, you know, YouTube and find Hannity clips of him filleting John McCain. Because he was the he was the it Republican of the moment. That's all Hannity does. That's what a lot of their shows do. It's just 
they do it with people who actually somewhat represent our viewpoints. So they get ratings that we don't give to everybody else. Right. Right. But are they really pushing the narrative at Fox News most days? No. 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 Are they are they prying open the Overton window most days at Fox News? No. 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 They are taking what they're doing most of the time is taking the premise of the story and the news and the narrative that is projected from the left and then just providing, and here's the uh, the Republican acceptable Republican. Like, you know, um, Nancy Mace, who represents a district in South Carolina and is tweeting out Pride Month last week, okay? People like that. They just put her on to provide a somewhat right of center perspective on the current narrative that is being propagated from the uh the the, the from Apollon from the pit right okay yeah. right um tucker doesn't do that i mean tucker's taking a crowbar to the overton window almost every night and i'm just telling you i do it too just he does it on a far bigger platform than me when you are in that line of work let me tell you what your batting average needs to be can you guess? One. Uh, perfect. Yeah. How many times you're allowed to strike out? Almost never. Never's the answer. Yeah, never. Never. Never's the answer. Never. What, are we, what would we, what the study that's also in Aaron's montage that shows the virus was here, as I told you all along when I looked at all the data and all the trends, this was the, this was the very first pushback on this narrative we had from the very beginning. How do you flatten a curve if you don't know when it began, right? That's like day one, Steve Day Show, COVID stand pushback. That was our very first point, correct? Correct. Yes. If we were wrong about that, where would we be right now today? Let me rephrase the question and make it a little bit more specific for you. Where would we not be today? Right here. Right here, folks, is the answer. We wouldn't have had the chance to write this book that got memory nope. hold because they wouldn't have memory hold that. No. I mean, we take a crowbar to that Overton window, especially when it's the Republican president standing up there saying, shut it down. Okay. We take a, we take a crowbar to that window and we're wrong from the start. The first time we pound the hammer into that thing to, to, loosen, to, to loosen that pain up off of the wood. And the first time it splinters and the glass shatters and get everybody in, within its radius gets sliced and diced and cut. Uh, do we get a second chance at that? No. No, we don't. That's just the reality of the world. And we are probably uh, blessed to be on the largest platform that offers the most amount of intellectual freedom of its hosts. I'm not complaining about, did we complain? Am I compl have I ever whined about that? No. No, I know that that's the game. I get that. I get that if I come on here, go right, if I make a beeline for the Overton window and I'm dead wrong, I'm not just endangering me, am I? No. No, everybody, that, everybody that's on before and after me suddenly gets, could get lumped into this too, right? Yes, so if we're, same thing goes for him. If he's ever wrong, if he ever takes a crowbar to the Overton window and he's wrong, He's toast. They can't afford it. Put up with it. So given that, and given the fact that Tucker Carlson's got a lot more to lose on that report being wrong than Revolver does, that's a, a website people are just now beginning to hear about in the last year or so. Um, I think that that is 
notor- <laughs> I don't even know what the word is. I mean, our friend Julie Kelly has done, and largely by herself, mm-hmm. has done yeoman's work on this story since basically January 7th. This, though, goes beyond even some of the questions that she has posed. We're now talking here about a false flag operation. We're now talking about entrapment. We're now talking about instigating specifically a group of people to behave in the way you wanted to provoke them to behave so that you could then craft the narrative about them moving forward. You know who that sounds a lot like? The KJB. The KGB guy. This would make Watergate look like knocking over a lemonade. You bet it would. You bet it would. And I'm sorry, I cannot dismiss it. After I've, I continue to watch daily, our CDC lie through its teeth and our healthcare intelligentsia go out of its way to discredit cheap, available drugs that work against COVID-19 in order to clear a path for cutting-edge, expensive pharmaceuticals that either don't work or we still don't know the risk to them yet in the long run. So is it so far-fetched, you know, the, the same FBI who, what, his number, the number two or number three man was Andrew McCabe, right? Yeah. The Russian collusion leaker guy. Is it the same FBI who told us that Antifa was, Christopher Ray, who Trump appointed, by the way. Christopher Ray, Antifa's just an idea. The same FBI that mobilized, what was it, a dozen, dozen agents to go hunt down a noose at yes. a NASCAR garage that was just a rope that opened and closed the garage. The same FBI that said nothing when they were warned about Larry Nassar on the Michigan State campus. The same FBI that did nothing when they were warned about the shooter in the Orlando nightclub scene. The same FBI that did nothing when they were warned about the shooter. Um, uh, What was the school? It was David Hogg's school that I'm thinking of. I can't remember. With Sheriff Israel. Yes. They were warned about that. Did nothing about. Should I go on? Well, now we understand it. They were busy plan- planning a false flag. Operation. Indeed, now it, now it, these things are. We, they had we, things to we do. Don't know that, we don't know the, the the motivation for the worst mass shooting in American history. It's like that never even happened. So now you know. If you're wondering, what do they do with all their time over there? Is, they're Quantico, right? I can't ever remember. Is that where the FBI is? Uh, is that where the CIA is? I can't ever remember. But Lang- if you ever wonder, Langley, Langley's the CIA, okay, so Quantico's so yes. the FBI. So if you're wondering what they what they do over there all day over there when they're not doing critical racist theory employee training and sharing pride flags on their lunch cafeteria cupcakes. If you're wondering what they've been doing over there the last few years, now apparently you know. They've been the plan- way- they've been planning a psyop. And by the way, those two things are related, the, the, the false flag operation and the uh, gender normative, whatever they're you doing. You bet they there. are. You, you bet they are. You bet they are. Need I'm a built bar? <laughs> like two. <laughs> what was the guy who just got elected to the Southern Baptist Convention? What was his name? Ed Litton? Ed Litton. So I don't know Ed Litton. Never even heard the name until this morning. Don't know anything about him, okay? And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to just assume he's a Christian brother and loves the Lord. And I'm sure to some degree he is a fine pastor and shepherd of his flock. But 
in the position that he just took, which is essentially general of a brigade in a culture war. That, that's really what he is now, okay? He's, he's the general of a brigade in a culture war. And like a key brigade, like the unit we would like send to like North Africa or like the the culture war equivalent of Navy SEALs, right? That would be like the Southern Baptist Convention. It should be. It should be. Or at least that's what they think they are. Maybe after this guy won last yesterday, they're not anymore. Who knows? But just like the Chinese money launderer says, or the Joker says about the Chinese money launderer in the dark night. I know the squealers. And that guy there, he's a squealer. You're toast. I don't need to know any more. I don't need to see any more. You need to show me anything else. Lord, forgive me if I'm bearing false witness. But if that is your first foot forward, taking over the command of a brigade in a culture war as the general... That's your first, your first foot forward. The way that you first decide to set the tone and how you will confront and posit an opinion or a perspective or a deployment against a clear incursion against your forces. And you're going to begin with that. You're done here. You are done. I... I've worked in politics a long time. Maybe in the pulpit, that guy is a phenomenal shepherd. I don't know, and we'll defer, and I will give him the benefit of the doubt that he is. But outside of the pulpit now, and put in charge of an army, nope, nope, that's a nope. I got a distinct Pope Francis vibe from him. Yeah, that guy's got, at best... At best, he just ain't got what it takes. So he's naive. That's that's the best that's the best assessment I could give you. At best, he just ain't a man for these times. He ain't a wartime conciliary. He's a Tom Hayden. That's the best I can give you. At best, he's a Tom Hayden. Unfortunately, it's open warfare. So that dog won't hunt. Okay? I won't even contemplate what the worst option could be because I don't know him well enough to know and I don't know the inner workings of the SBC well enough to know. I'm not a member. I don't know. I, I just have been around a lot of lambs trying to lead the lions in my career. And that one. Bah. Yeah. Um. The rational ground study on masks, boy, that data just speaks for itself. And props to the parents who did all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Should have been doing this sooner, but leave it to that group to do it first. And I think the key metric there, that was just, those were fresh masks worn for essentially one school day, right? Not just how many times are those kids getting new and fresh masks all the time? I wish I had thought of this when my... Two oldest daughters got strep in the winter. Yes. All right. Man, I, I thought I went pretty fast, and there's only like three minutes left. Okay, guys, you're up. Go ahead. Floor's open. <laughs> I thought I went pretty fast. I did. I looked up. There's three minutes left. We got you through guys, how much of that, Aaron? The whole thing. I did basically. get through the whole thing. Yeah, yeah basically I did. the whole thing. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, on, on, on the Litton thing, you know, I'm not really, I, I've seen a lot of conflicting feelings, if you will. Some people I really respect within SBC circles um, were very vocal about their displeasure with this. Um, some people, all the all the usual suspects, the, the Beth Moores of the world were on we're on cloud nine seemingly yesterday afternoon into evening when this was announced. I don't want to be like the person, the, 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 these people are saying this. So then that means this person must be bad, but that how hard is it guys to say Marxism is bad and ideology apparently very hard that has killed countless yes, people. Apparently very hard is the answer. Uh, it's just in our culture, you know, we just need to accept that. And I just think that there's this fear um, how hard is it to say that it's bad? That is, that's your opening salvo. Um, I can't really stress enough what Steve said. And, and just just seeing that and trying to wiggle out of that answer, yeah, he, he's a squealer. Setting motivations aside, forget everything you know about these people or don't know about these people. Who sounded more like the pastor we need, that guy or Vladimir Putin? Oh, dude. I'll be you cutting. know the answer. I'm gonna, you I'll, know the answer. I'll, I'll be cutting myself during the break. Before we get to buy some of old, can I give you guys a little math? Fun with math? My guess is, is you're not really meaning the fun part. Well, I, I told you I wasn't sure what kind of a mood I was going to be in today. Normally, I would have had my first built bar in the last five minutes, but today I forgot them. So, on me. So, what was the story yesterday, Aaron, in your montage about lack of chain of custody in Fulton County, Georgia, absentee ballots, right? So, yeah, there, there was um, about a quarter of the chain of custody documents for absentee ballots in Fulton County, Georgia, mm -hmm. were missing. Mm. So, just to give you an idea how large this county is, Joe Biden got like 380,000 votes alone in just that county. This is one of the largest counties in the country, right? Now, 147,000 and change absentee ballots are said, or mail-in ballots, were said to have been cast in Fulton County, Georgia last year. 147,000. Again, to put that in perspective, do you guys know how many cities in Iowa have that as a has have more of a population base than that? The one where we live. That's it. Des Moines is the only city that has a larger population base than just the amount of mail-in ballots that were said to be cast in Fulton County, mm -hmm. Georgia. That's a pretty substantial total. Mm -hmm. Okay. One out of every four of those votes with a chain of custody, if they were to be thrown out. It's about 35,000. Yeah, it's more than that. It's, it's more than 36,000. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you might, see, you might say, well, Steve, I mean, you can't. We can't assume all of those would all be Biden Democrat votes. Okay, I mean, that's fair. I mean, we can. But but I get if you want to say that there must have been some nitwit that voted for Trump that, you know, forgot to sign a form or did something wrong, right? 
This must be some latent built bar generosity hangover from yesterday. <laughs> let's just do this, shall we? Okay. Let's let's be really kind. You like this? See, I'm compensating for the fact I'm on tilt right about now. Okay. Uh, let's even say that Biden only got the same percentage of the mail-in votes in the county as he got countywide. Now, given the demographics of that county, do you think that's likely? No. Do you think that he probably got a higher percentage of mail-in votes than he did overall in, the, in a county like that? Yeah. Yeah. Even saying overall. Yes. He's still got a pretty high yes. number, but yes. So Joe Biden got 77% of the vote in Fulton County, Georgia. Allegedly. 77%. 77% of those 147,000 absentee ballots is more than 28,000 votes. The claim is that Joe Biden won Georgia by 11,779 votes. Just a bit outside. Essentially, even if we even if we are as fair as we can be and just say only 77,000 of those ballots or 77% of those ballots were his, what I'm guessing it's, it's demonstrably higher. It's probably well into the 80s. Mm-hmm. Okay. But let's just say, because that'll account for votes that Trump may have lost to with errors on his side. All right. So 77% when we think it's probably closer to 85 Will account for errors on the Trump side too. So I think that's a good fair estimate. Take those votes away and that they don't have a chain of custody for, which means they can't verify who those voters are. For the, if you want to know what that means, it means they can't verify that those votes are legitimate. That's but what I it means. thought they did an audit. Steve. Yes, they did like three of them. Remember, remember we kept asking last December, "What are you auditing? You don't have signatures. What what is the audit? You're just counting if request equal ballots." That doesn't, that doesn't tell me anything. Essentially, if you remove the fraud, I'm sorry. Um, uh, we're just going to go with fraud. Uh, if you can't think of another word. If you remove that, see, I would have thought of another word had I had a built bar 10 minutes ago, but I didn't. So we're just going to go with fraud. If you remove the fraud in Fulton, this is just Fulton County now. Just this county. Cobb was another one that there was a lot of, shall we say, nefarious uh, activities uh, going on there. But if we just remove the fraud from this county alone, Trump's margin of victory in the state is about two and a half times what Biden's current margin of victory in the state is. You said there would be fun with math. <laughs> you know who's having fun with this math? Vladimir Putin. Let's get to buy, sell, or hold. Brought to you by our friends over at Brickhouse Nutrition. What if I told you that you could improve your health? Probably not by listening to that last 10 minutes, I would guess. Uh, but to boost your energy and support a healthy heart, 
in less than two minutes a day. Field of Greens can help you do that. It's unlike other superfoods in that it uses real USDA organic fruits and vegetables that are loaded and packed with all the good stuff, antioxidants, vitamins, minerals, nutrients, etc. In fact, it's got 18 clinically researched essential fruits and vegetables. You just mix it in with any water-based drink. And in that one scoop serving, you probably get more fruits and vegetables than the majority of Americans, the vast majority get in a day, heck, days, weeks, uh, looking at our current dietary habits. If you want to give it a shot, I use this in every single morning. They got new flavors as well, like wild berry and lemon lime. Uh, I'm doing the lemon lime right now. It tastes really good. Go to BrickHouseSteve.com. Use the promo code Steve at checkout for BrickHouseSteve.com. Hey, we've learned one thing this year or in the last year. Take our preventative health more seriously. Right. We had the worst pandemic, even if they're exaggerating the numbers and they are. We still had the worst pandemic in at least 50 years in the country. Right. Even if they are exaggerating the numbers. Right. And you know what they told you when you told them you were sick? Go home and isolate until you can't breathe at all. Then come back. Western medicine's beautiful. I think we might need something kind of in between. (laughs) Just going to I'm just going to throw that out there that I'm going to propose maybe. We should look for some in-between steps, all right? Try some preventative health, all right? BrickHouseSteve.com, promo code Steve. Buy, sell, or hold. You know how it works. Aaron, with a lot of help from his friends, that would be you, uh, throws uh, to me and Todd questions, propositions, predictions, lists, what have you. We will soon find out. Todd, you and I will then decide, are we buying that? Are we selling that? And then, of course, maybe we might have a reason why. If you're lucky. And then we are once per show permitted to use a hold. But if it's for any reason other than any reason other than, wow, that's really lame. Then you have to go and conduct the next Georgia, which I believe would be the 14th, uh, the uh, Georgia uh, election audit. Fair? Starting Mm. in Fulton County. No, but I don't believe I have a choice in the matter. All right, Aaron, go ahead. Let's start with Defeat the Left Media, who says 2024 GOP primary power rankings. He has number five, Mike Pompeo, four, Haley, three, Cruz, two, Noam, one, DeSantis. I'm just going to make you buy that whole cloth or sell. Then I would sell whole cloth. I think Noam is way too high. I mean, that's a that's a that's the nomination, right? Mm -hmm. Because if we're talking Trump runs again and is looking for a running mate. I think like Noam or Tim Scott are one and two. I think I think Trump is just going to literally box check some minority group that he thinks he, that the last election told him he needed to perform better with and slap them on the ticket. That's what I think he's going to do. All right. Just pure flat out tokenism. Um, and so I think Gnome, who to uh, try to win back those suburban moms, Tim Scott, uh, to try to they, they made some substantive inroads with non-white voters in the last election at the highest percentage in uh, what was it, uh, 1964, I think it was, or 1960. So, um, but if we're talking the nomination, then no, she is not number two. No. So sell. Yeah, I would absolutely sell. I would think if anybody needs to be number two, no matter what you think, it's probably Nikki Haley at ne- this point. Next up, we'll go to Avery, who has a Mount Rushmore of songs that are spirit of the edge. Number one, Sympathy for the Devil. Two, Hotel California. Three, Imagine. And four, Won't Get Fooled Again. No particular order. Whole cloth, buy, sell, or hold. Uh, sell. I mean, Imagine is the anthem of the spirit of the age, guys. It At the time, um, I think was the first 
one of the first songs to debut at number one on the Billboard chart. Um, it's 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 the national anthem for the spirit of the age. Is as imagine. Uh, I completely disagree on "Won't Get Fooled Again." Uh, I, in fact, if you know the story of that song, that that song was written after. Uh, they all went to Woodstock and everything else and the Who and a bunch of people rented like a theater or warehouse or something in the Soho district of London. And they were all going to live communally and enjoy uh, freedom and utopia. And then, of course, you put all those people together in one setting and what happens? Human nature does. Mm-hmm. Total Utopia doesn't happen. Total depravity does. Right. And so Townsend comes out of that experience. He's really disillusioned. And so a lot of that song is actually introspective about his own generation. Okay, that uh, he's basically saying, hey, we had a lot of the same. We had a lot of the right complaints about the way things were when when they passed the mantle to us. But I don't know. We, we've given it our own shot so far and we're not doing too hot from what I'm seeing. All right. It, in many respects, that's what Lenin meant when he wrote Revolution. He's like, you guys don't you guys actually know that like uh, free love and make love, not war doesn't mean support Chairman Mao. You guys realize that. Right. OK, uh, so. I actually think there's a lot of self-awareness in that song. I didn't say that it necessarily aligned with our belief system, but if there's one thing, the spirit of the age, other than Christ, there's two, the top three things spirit of the age will not permit. Jesus, the real one, not, not a caricature, like Lord of creation, Jesus, okay? Critical thinking, self-awareness. In that order, those three things are immediately ejected from the, the bloodstream of anything the spirit of the age touches and the, and won't get fooled again is not anything if not self-aware. So I'm going to sell on that. But I think he was probably coming at it, just the other side of the coin. It addresses the current spirit of the age. Some may anoint it. Some may defy it. Uh, I mean, I, you think, you think it's, and he thinks you think that his list is analytical and yes. not, and not an homage. Yes. Okay. That's my that All was right. my first instinct. If it's an homo- if it's analytical, then then I think that's a phenomenal list. All five of those songs. Okay. If it's an homage, and I took it as an homage again. No, I don't. I didn't have a bill bar, man. So mercy is not triumphing over judgment today on this program. <laughs> All right, judgment's way ahead, way ahead right now. So I started with the worst possible interpretation of that list. So there you go. There's a chalk outline of mercy, like right over <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, yes. So I might owe you a pol- an apology. Who was that? Uh, Avery. Avery, ask me tomorrow when I remember my built bars. <laughs> okay. You're buying, Todd? Sure. All right. Moving on, Sherlock Sproul says, Great The push name. for CRT and child sexualization in schools will end up making school boards across the country dominated by conservative majorities. I think that, I think we need to define across the country. If we're talking like a majority, I don't agree with that. But are we talking that there are going to be mass pockets of resistance throughout the country? Like, uh, you'll see a few school districts in Oregon where people like us live flip to that degree. A lot more school districts than in Alabama. If we're talking something like yeah. that, then I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, I agree. Yes, agree. Bye. Up next, we'll go to Mini Bomber. The creatures outside looked from politician to scientist and from scientist to politician and from politician to scientist again, but already it was impossible to say which was which. Oh, that's very smart. For those of you that don't know, and you should, because I've only quoted it approximately 128 times 
uh, over the years on this show, but he is paraphrasing the final line of the all-timer from George Orwell, Animal Farm, which is a goat-level work, in my opinion, uh, which I have read dozens of times. So that, first of all, you... I almost feel like I just had a built bar right now. You're speaking my love language. Okay, number one. Built bar okay. hopes by now that you always forget your built bars because this has been <laughs> this the greatest been the... lesson in name dropping ever. <laughs> Would you like a little Steve Day show with that built bar? <laughs> yeah, yes, thank you. But uh, I mean, that's my love language, brother. So you're feeling me. I'm a, I'm a buy on that. That's well done. Bye. Up next, Hunter Lucas. Major League Baseball should allow sunscreen and, uh, sunscreen and rosin to be used by pitchers. Todd, what is going on with there's some news over the last week the about the sticky stuff, is yeah. that what they're calling it, right? Yeah. 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 I'm I'm still out on baseball. I know this is going on, but I meant what I said. I'm I can't can't care about you damn fools. You get you, you can't police this. You you you're still you took the All-Star game from Georgia. You're you're just morons over there. So, I should they allow it should they not I, what can you they should allow grown men. That's what they should allow. Not to defend Major League Baseball, but based on the conversation we started this segment with, granted it's not the, from the premise that they're asserting, but we, we appear to have at least some level of empirical data that the state of Georgia does not know how to conduct an election, at the very least, right? <laughs> okay. Granted, this is coming from the direction that Major League Baseball and its union was making that claim, but... I don't know that if, if, if you're going to leave Georgia on the grounds that y'all can't figure out how to do an election, we're going to fight. I don't know that we're going to fight. But you they on left that. on the grounds that they were trying to. I, I understand. Fix I'm, that. I'm, I'm, I'm being flippant no, and sarcastic. I know, yes. I but, know. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not so sure if we weren't in charge, we might have moved the All Star game after we just did this math. You're right. You, you guys can't have the All Star game, especially because isn't the, the, now the Braves used to be in Fulton County Stadium. I don't know where. The new stadium they play in. I don't know what county it is. If it's Fulton or Cobb, I don't know. I don't know. This whole thing. Listen, with lo- uh, to the degree that I know what it's about. That the, the problem is, you know, baseball is is not fun anymore because there's uh, too many strikeouts, and that has all to do. Uh, but this, you you never had to give in sticky stuff or not sticky stuff. You all gave in on this with launch angle and all of that and nonsense. So you, you you know, this is not really solving. The fundamental problems of baseball. This is what baseball. You keep just keeps rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. This I'm going to buy on this. I grew up in the era of Gaylord Perry, openly, openly going on this week in baseball and showing you how he doctored the ball. Uh, was it was it Joe Necro when they the um came out to the mound when he was with the Twins and he and the, there's nothing yeah. in my pocket. He tries throwing the file behind him. Yep. I love that pro wrestling crap part of baseball. I loved it as a kid. So I'm I'm all in on it. Uh, we'll come back with more buy seller hold in a moment. We're back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox, Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, at Steve Day Show. And you can also look for me on MeWe Parlor and Gab. And if you're looking for clips of the show, you can go to rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. Rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. And finally, if you're a podcast listener, we are looking for you 
uh, to hit that subscribe button and leave us a five-star review if you haven't done those things already. Heck, even if you have, try it again. But if you haven't done those things already, please consider doing so. It helps the program. And thank you to those of you, the thousands of you that have done those things for us at least once already. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, the weekly profit of woe and lamentation. I, I just received some disappointing news. At least news I'm 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 afraid will become disappointing. I had no idea this was in the works. But it's trending right now on Twitter that debuting tomorrow on the Paramount streaming service, which I think used to be CBS All Access, is a reboot of what I believe is the most underrated comedy of all time, like in the history of television. iCarly. I used to watch that with my kids every episode. Every single episode was laugh out loud funny. It is brilliantly written. Victorious is a close second in the underrated comedy category. But iCarly was comedic genius. If you make me watch this for Pop Culture Tuesday, I quit. You think Todd is joking, Steve. (laughs) There's going to be a reboot. Well, it's not a reboot. It's actually, it picks up, they're all older now. The, The show went off the air about five or six years ago. And now they're going to pick it up again with them adults now and older. What's the main character's name? Carly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I saw what you did there. Yes. Why am I concerned? Because why do I think they're going to ruin this? Right? That the spirit of the age is going to get its grubby little hands and grimy little fingers up all over this up in here. You know what I'm saying? Is there a character on this show looking back on it that you think is ripe for a gender transition steve oh um oh you do don't you yeah you see it coming don't you the train's coming choo choo Uh, yeah i hear the train a coming it's rolling down the track yes we've redeemed this with some johnny cash yes let's move on (laughs) you've got four daughters (laughs) i did not watch icar they never got into that show well maybe they did but i it's a great show i'm telling you I mean, it's laugh out loud funny. It is laugh out loud funny good. It's very cleverly written. Victorious is very close. Is to there it. any like adult actors? Like maybe I've seen it and I just yeah. Don't like know. she, I saw, well, I the premise of the show is that her her dad she her mom died, and the dad is like a general, so he's away a lot, and so she lives with her artist adult older brother artist kind of a starving artist type. In a Seattle, in a nice Seattle flat that the yeah. old man pays for. I think I've heard of it, but I I don't know that. I've and then seen just it. like zany high, and then for fun, her and her best friend just started putting up like a variety show on like a YouTube, okay, and the thing just went viral and became a huge hit. People loved it. It's very well done. It's very clever. It's very funny, and right, I'm it, it's it. pretty wholesome too. I'm and so my it. my fear now is they're going. They're going to defecate on this. That's my fear. What other show, America, could give you uh, math on faulty, uh, I'm sorry, uh, suspicious elections in Georgia, comparisons to um, Vladimir Putin and a pastor, and uh, a a commentary on iCarly, all within the span of an hour? What other show? No other show, which is probably why all those other shows are bigger and (laughs) the people hosting them are richer than me. That could be why. 
It turns out this is a real niche market, guys. I mean, niche. All right. You know what I'm saying? Like camel through the eye of a needle niche. Turns what, out. What was loyal. The, it's very loyal, but very niche What was the great movie with the emotions inside the Disney? Oh, inside Out. Inside, inside Out. out. Yeah. If we did the Inside Out version of Steve's inner workings, <laughs> there's the show. There's a lot going on there. There's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot happening there. All right, let's get to uh, part two of realist of uh, of buy sell or hold. Brought to you by Real Estate Agents I Trust. I almost called the show Real Estate Agents I Trust. Damn it! No, Tomorrow, don't forget your built bar. <laughs> Goodness, I'm lost. Goodness, it's amazing how much. It's like Aaron. Aaron, what would happen if you came here and all the coffee was gone? Oh, there would be weeping and gnashing. There would be. Th- this would be happening. I'd be throwing stuff at both yeah, you and Tom. Yeah, this is what's going on right now. Is this is my coffee? It's not here, right? So I intermittent fast, and I've already worked out today, and so like I'm, I'm like an hour and a half behind on my protein intake right now, and so I'm just running on pure adrenaline right now, man. And I've got no idea where this is going next. What's this show called? Just wait till you and Daniel crash into each other. That I might. This might be the one time I only ask Daniel very simple questions. Because I just, I'm, I'm about to crash, and I know he can just take it from here. Anyway, if you want to get involved in the real estate market during these unprecedented times, uh, then make sure you go in with a real estate agent that you can trust. Where would you find such a person? Why, the name says it all. Just go to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. It's Glenn's company, and it's where you can find the kind of agents who work with you while working for you. And you can rest assured that you'll be in the hands of a capable team whose track record of success is proven, vetted, and verified. So almost anywhere in the country you want to move to or from, we might be able to help you. Probably could. If you go to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com, get yourself one of these, realestateagentsitrust.com. All right, Aaron, part two, buy, sell, or hold. We'll go next to Jar Jar Drinks, who says Dr. That's Peter a great name. <laughs> Peter That's McCullough a great didn't name. kill himself. Ooh, dude. <laughs> well, we already wow. said that this would make Putin even more be your pastor on this yeah. show. So this would make even more sense if you were a sub- subscriber and watched the overtime the other day. Has yes, has anybody ever done an advanced search on Dr. McCullough's on Twitter, Peter McCullough, Hillary Clinton? By any chance, I mean, did you guys see yeah. another body bag? What, what, what was? Who was it now? It was the they, reporter who broke the story about the meeting, the mysterious meeting between on the tarmac between Bill Clinton, I believe, yes. and Loretta Lynch. So, isn't this like the thirteenth person? There's been a couple. Careful, careful, Steve. You might be the fourteenth. I, I mean, I saw my old, my my buddy Kurt Schilling tweet this out the other day. He's like, dude. I played Major League Baseball. Like, he was a legitimate, he's a legitimate Hall of Fame player, right? Was he around a lot of people? Lots of people. He's like, I maybe know like one or two other people that like know one or two people that were murdered. Who's around 13 people that have been murdered? Who's around that? Who's, who, who encounters that? Isn't that just strange? A little bit. I love. I love that this story is all hovering around the woman that when you asked her, "Did you wipe your hard drive?" You mean like with a cloth? Yeah. 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 That chick. Yeah. 
Moving on, we'll go next. Yeah, to... I don't want. I don't want to comment on that <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah, uh, Jeff Townsend, who says Mount Rushmore of sitcom theme songs: Cheers, All in the Family, Mash, and Friends. I only know one of those off the top of my head, and that's uh, Mash. I right, leave that up there so I can see. I mean, oh, no, all cheers, of the family is iconic. I, I get why it's there, even is though it it's che- them singing themselves, cheers, right? Where everybody knows your name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cheers, cheers belongs on the list yeah. for sure. Friends. I, I'm not a Friends hater or a Rembrandt's hater, but that's not. It is the show's theme song, but it's a pop song. It's not a original. Yeah, it wasn't work. written for the. Yes, so it's I'm not. Just, I right. don't think it belongs there. I agree with you. In fact, I think that it's really. The inch, the visual presentation of the song that I think is is more iconic than the song in and of itself. Which All is right? why for that the thing they just did on HBO Max. I haven't the, watched that. Is it any good? I actually thought it was decent. Okay, it really was. Um, but they held it right in front of the fountain because did to they? speak to what okay. you're saying. Okay. So I mean, I'm okay. I'm, I'm not. I'll buy the list because a lot of people probably would disagree with us that Friends' theme does belong on the list. Here is the question, though. All right, what genre of show was Greatest American Hero? What would we call that? What is that show? You need a built bar. That's what rabbit hole are you? Here's why I'm asking. Because if we categorize that show as a comedy, was it more action-adventure? I mean, when we looked in the TV Guide, it was only on for a couple of seasons, right? So when we looked in the TV Guide, all right, cast, Robert Culp, Connie Selica, and who was the blonde guy who played the lead character? I can't remember his name with the curly hair. When, we, when, it, when it said the description of, the, of, of genre, do you remember what they called it? No. Action, adventure, fantasy, sci-fi. Because if it was comedy... I mean, believe it or not, I'm walking on air. Never thought I could feel so free, ee, flying away on a wing in a prayer. Who could it be? Believe it or not, it's just me. I mean, that's one. I mean, that's that was like a number one song, like on the Billboard chart. That is absolutely one of the greatest TV theme songs of all time. It's it was far more famous than the show itself was. So if it's a comedy, I think it belongs on the list. Are we? So is the Greatest American Hero a comedy or not? I kind no. of think it wasn't really strictly. No. Okay. All right. Then I guess I'm okay with the list, the fa- the family ties theme. Do you think it belongs on the list? No, not compared to okay. what we're looking at. All right. Then we'll, buy, we'll go with that list. We'll buy it. Okay. Do you, know, do you guys know what the name of the MASH theme song is? No. Suicide is Painless. Yes, it is. Is yeah, it? Well done. Okay. Nice well pull, done. Aaron. That is a good pull. It's, uh, I didn't it's know that one. Yeah, yeah, no, that's... Uh, apparently it was written as... It sounds really dark. Apparently, it was written as somewhat of a comedy for the movie version of Mash. Well, if I'm not yeah, have you mistaken. seen the movie? I have not. It, the the lyrics are in the movie. Yeah, it, it's yeah, and the movie's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Ing Sock Prisoner in Room One Hundred and One. Will Chamberlain's one hundred point game is still the best individual sports performance of all time? So, you're a quick sell on that. Quick sell. Okay. No. There's such a, there's such it, it again. It's not his fault. You just go out and play who's in front of you, but there's such a disparity of opposition that it 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 it, it reco- you know it Michael Jordan scoring seventy. How much is that? Did yeah, he, it was seventy three. Okay, that in a game that he lost against the Celtics in the NBA playoffs. Yes. That's 
way more impressive than Will Chamberlain scoring 100 points. And I, it's not a diss. I, I, I'm not trying to. It's not a diss on Will Chamberlain. But whatever you saw, and I, him going against compared to what Michael Jordan in that era went against to do that, no. And I'm I just mean, talking about We're going to put that ahead of Mark Spitz. Yeah, pick another sport. Too. Ahead of Michael, um, who surpassed Spitz, the Michigan swimmer, who just from the last couple of Olympics. Yeah. Who am I thinking of? It's Michael something. I can't remember his last name. Aaron, you should know that's your generation. Who? The swimmer, the Olympic swimmer. Oh, Michael Phelps. Thank yes. you, Michael Phelps. Ahead of him. Um, how about this one? Ahead of Tiger at his first Masters? I mean, we're talking about a, a place where in the in the decade before he won this for the first time in 97, he couldn't have played there. And with the media and everything else that he rolls in there with for the first time as a professional and all those expectations and all the subplots and all the storylines, all the pressure, and he just goes in there with one of the most dominant performances of all time and just dust in the winds, everybody else in the field, what do you win that thing by? Like double-digit strokes or something? I, that's got to be in there somewhere, okay? So I don't think this is a terrible poll. I'll buy it because I think you can make a legit argument. I mean, a hundred points is something. Okay. Oh yeah. But but I I I probably agree more with you actually. Moving on, we'll go next to Andy in Florida. Top five most iconic pop rock singing voices of the '60s through the '80s: five Brian Johnson, ACDC; four Robert Plant; three Steve Perry; two Michael Jackson; and one Elvis Presley. That's a pretty good list. I think a lot of people would not put Steve Perry on the list just for the fact that even though Journey was considered a super group for a period of a few years there in the late 70s, early 80s, in terms of stature, they're not as iconic yeah, as I, everything else on that list. But when you listen to his range, at the very least, I think he's the most underrated vocalist of a in, 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 in rock history. When you look at the overall uh, depth of the range that's of his- That's not the category though. It is yes. iconic. So we know, I don't think he's iconic. I love the rest of the list, though, and I'm fine with Perry being on it because I think he deserves more recognition. Um, I, given the, the the voluminous material out there, for the, for you to take a stab at this and for us oh, to yeah. not have like an instant, oh no way, like we typically do when yeah. these things are thrown our way, I think that's actually a pretty good list. And so I I'm like, okay with it. I'll buy. I like it. that it was just you know the dude code. It's if there was like three Steve Perrys in there, we right. just have. But there's one and. So, yeah. I even like putting Elvis number one for the same reason that over the years, every time I've been asked who is the greatest president, and my answer is always George Washington, because if, I mean, he's the trailblazer, right? If he sucks mm -hmm. at this, then we're kind of doomed from there. I mean, Elvis is the rush. Elvis is to pop music what Rush Limbaugh was to our industry. I mean, he he charted, he blazed the trail. He cleared the brush for everything there was American music before and after Elvis. Doesn't mean there wasn't great music before. Sinatra predates Elvis, for example. Mm -hmm. But what, but Elvis, just like there was great talk radio before there was Rush, right? But in terms of the uh, the the branch that he established, that he that gave that he gave root to, to me, those two individuals uh, are are of similar um consequence in their respective fields like right away when i'm thinking when we're since we're talking all the way through the 80s i mean i would instantly put in bono instead of steve perry i could go for that too yeah. not that he has yeah. a worse I, I mean i 
He has more range than Bono, Steve Perry does. Sure. But in terms of being icon, I mean, it's Bono. Yeah, I could go for that too. Yeah. I mean, the, people might be offended about not having Mick Jagger in there. By the way, the, the Stones guys, yeah. yeah, whose drummer just turned 82 last week. They're planning on a new tour, guys. So there's... But I don't want to get any more angry boomer I, emails. So I'm just going to let that comment just... I, stand on its own. I merit. saw them just post college play Camp Randall. So, and I'm 48 years old. So, just post college. And we th- we thought they were old then. <laughs> yep. Next up. It was great. Crypto Racer says the Detroit Lions will be more painful to watch in 2021 than in 2020. Oh, I'm a hard sell on this. He does this every year. No, it's not this. Don't patronize me. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're going to be terrible. They're going to be terrible. But they actually have a plan. I don't know if they can do the plan. I don't know. They put out a fascinating video over the weekend. It's a 30-minute video of the draft. And it's and it has clips of pre-draft interviews they did with players as well as uh what you know, and they're in their war room. And they're literally like this is the guy we're taking next. We hope that he's there. And then the guy was like there, okay? Now, these picks may suck. Like, they, they may not be able to execute a plan. Like, but I have seen every game this franchise has played since 1983. Every game. Every single one. This is the first time I can recall that there's actually a plan to build a team. Actually a plan. It may not be a good plan. The people they hired might not be good at it. But there's a plan. And therefore, I'm totally fine if they suck this year. In fact, I hope they do. There's no point. There's a 17-game schedule now. What the hell is the point in going 6-11 and or 7-10? and You're better off going 3-14 and or getting to the playoffs. So I actually think they have a plan. So they will be a worse team record-wise than they were last year. But I think there's an actual plan. And so, no, I don't think it'll be more painful to watch at all. Do you think it's possible that because your Overton window for the Lions is so tilted towards mediocrity at best Mm -hmm. that there's the potential for you to enjoy a Lions Super Bowl victory more than even the Michigan Wolves? No question about it. Recovering. There's no no question about it. Because if... if if Michigan never fully recovers or just gets so woke that I'm just that I'm I'm like Jorel and Man of Steel, okay, to Zod, I've got years and years and years of games on DVD, games on YouTube I can go and watch and relive a lot so many great memories from when I was younger. They'll just park and, it in the And those and those town. those can never be taken away. We had this conversation about the MCU after the final Avengers yeah, yeah. movie when they were doing a lot of virtue signaling about where they were going in the future. And didn't we kind of look at yeah. each other and yeah. say, you know what, at least they gave us this and if they screw us going forward in the future, we'll always just be able to go back to this universe, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I have all of that with Michigan. I don't have the Lions have one playoff win since nineteen fifty seven. One. The Lions once played a playoff game, it was against your team, with arguably the greatest running back of all time, and he had negative yardage in the game. Yes. Okay? So the answer to your question is easily yes. Easily. 
because there is no. I wasn't certain you were going to. There say is that. no repository of goodwill that I can just go back and you know um, uh, cry myself to sleep with at night. I can just watch nostalgia. I can't do that with these guys. There is none. There's nostalgia for a Lions fan is a 10 minute clip of Barry Sanders highlights on YouTube. That's your nostalgia. That's true. Moving on, we'll go next to Jacob Arthur. Uh, Southern Baptist Convention will be indistinguishable from uh, uh, every other mainline denomination within five years. I'll sell only because of your timetable. And I think that we're, there's, there is a much more vociferous, ornery, pesky remnant within the SBC than a lot of these other denominations. Doesn't mean it won't eventually end up to where you're talking about. And keep in mind, it once did. This is the only denomination of American Christianity that has ever gone left and come back. But there's way more resistance there than there is like in the PC USA or the ELCA or anything of that nature. And here's the other thing too, that resistance is hardcore. It's not even just the numbers, but the depth of it. You know what I'm saying? Like even if they even if they were only like one third of the denomination, that one third dude are hardcore, and they're going down swinging. All right, and so uh, I think that this will take longer than that. And with one caveat, if we are collectively a culture under judgment, then I mean it'll happen in five minutes, right? And that could be the case. Mm-hmm. Okay, but barring that, I think there's too strong of a remnant still within the SBC. To me, I think this is like what we say about America. There's not as many of us as we think there are, but there are still more of us than the spirit of the age knows how to handle, which is why we can still push back on things like COVID stand and things of that nature. And in other countries, we can't. Other denominations don't have that kind of a sized remnant. The SBC does. The, the theological equivalent of hard red states, they have that in the SBC. And they're going down swinging. They might end up going down, but I think it's going to take longer than five years if it does. I'll buy, and your your answer in its entirety applies almost exactly to the Catholic Church. It, you know, even with with the Pope woking around, and you, the, the, there is there is such. Even if you take away what I believe about the Catholic Church and what it says about itself, there is just such a firm, rock solid. Uh, portion of there who is in living perpetually in over my dead body land that yeah what he said next up elliot evans unless there's fraud or government intervention occurring there is nothing wrong with a private company buying real estate that is just the free market at worst uh, at work sell I, I think we all have to get rid of our our high-minded notions of what a free market is what capitalism is why because the social compact has been violated these corporations are not, are, they're not playing the same game you and I are. We're unevenly yoked here. They want to, in most cases, too many cases, they either are willing to pay virtue signaling lip service and cut checks to the spirit of the age forces that want to take you and your way of life out permanently, or they are wantonly in on it. So they're true believers. Either way, they're, they're either subsidizers or true believers. Either one of those options give you a warm fuzzy? No. No. And so I don't, I'm under no obligation to honor 
some principles of, do we believe in free market economics on this show? Yes. Yeah. Do we believe in the laws of nature and nature's God? Yes. Which do we believe in first? The, the laws of nature and yes. nature's God. So if, if I, am I going to let you violate that? Why are the Ten Commandments in the order they're in? Why isn't the first commandment, don't steal? Does God like thieves? No. No. But the first commandment is what? I'm God. Second commandment is what? Don't make and worship other gods. Yes. Why are those the first two? There's a hierarchy of values there, yes. right? They help make sense of all the others. Yes. They put the other ones, they clarify them. Yes. The reason we're for free market economics and not for coercive theft is because we believe in the laws of nature and nature's God. These corporate entities, many of them no longer do. They either are willing to get into bed with your enemies just for a hookup for them to, to, to put out for them and get them out of their grill so they can go on making a buck or they want to put a ring on it. Okay. So no, you do not get to violate the first fruits and the first things of my way of life and then come back to me and say, well, about that social compact and, and, and we, went, we, read, we read Milton Friedman's books too. No, no. I love Milton Friedman. I think he might arguably be the most brilliant economist the 20th century produced. Um, the Apostle Paul or Milton Friedman, Todd Go. The Apostle Paul. Yeah. So, no. Nope. You don't, get to, you don't get to illegalize the New Testament and then come back to me with a white paper on Friedman-esque economics. Nope. Nope. Zip, zilch, nada. You have declared war on me. I will grant you your request and will not return it with, well, you know, we got to obey free market principles here. No, they're, they're, it's not a free market anymore. We just spent a year telling one third of, of small businesses they were non-essential and they're never coming back so that the big mega corporations could all stay open. Nope, 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 nope. Not a free market. It's free to them. It ain't free to us. So, nope. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, the, you, by limiting yourself to the immorality of fraud, you're being too limiting. That You need to have a much broader moral lens on this. And regarding government intervention, and this is where conservatives have been lazy, and I'm sure I have in my own language personally in the past about uh, uh, small government this, private enterprise that, uh, th the more important conversation is one I've had many times. It's about subsidiarity. Conservatives, by definition, are not against government intervention. They're about appropriate government intervention at the appropriate level. So this is just way too ultimately limiting in terms of what a conservative understanding of government should be. By the way, William Catt, thank you for those of you that emailed <laughs> that in, was the, was the star of Greatest American Hero. Segway. And someone else brought up a comedic theme we should consider, okay? Come and knock on our door. Yeah. Should Three's Company be on the list? No, not over anything that okay. was on there. Okay, all right, okay. Oh, I've, I've gotten several suggestions, but I definitely thought that was one that at least should be considered. Okay. But if you're an instant, no, then okay. Uh, next, we'll go to Crow of Approval. The Aaron Rodgers Packers are the Maddox, uh, Glavine, Smoltz, Atlanta Braves of football. Always looked good, but could only win one. I'm going to sell because you just gave me five names. Three of them are Hall of Famers, Smoltz, Glavin, and, uh, Maddox. and Maddox. Okay. And, and, and I'm just telling you, I mean, I've, I've seen – a lot of Green Bay Packer football in the Aaron Rodgers era. Not as much as this guy has, but a lot. There were plenty of years our roster was as good or I thought maybe even better. That guy was just so much better than everybody else on the field that it just didn't matter. 
I mean, that, that guy is the rising tide that lifted all those boats. You get Greg Maddox one day, you've got Tom's, you know, you've got John Smoltz and, and Tom Glavin the next two nights. You know what I'm saying? All right. I, I, I just think Aaron Rodgers, what he has meant to that franchise, and the reason why it's been won is because he's been largely by himself. I think the Braves, with the, and then you throw other Hall of Famers in, they had Chipper Jones, arguably the greatest switch hitter of all time. They had him all those years too. Yeah. Andres Galarraga, when he was a perennial MVP candidate, they had him all those years too. No, I think the Braves are a far greater. Um, you win 14 straight division titles and come away with one World Series out of that. Now, I, 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 when you have that loaded of a roster, I don't think the situations are commiserate at all. I mean, Rodgers is what Kareem Abdul-Jabbar says in airplane. Hey, you tell your old man to drag Bill Walton's sorry ass up and down the court every night. That's what he did to some pretty mediocre rosters over the years. Fair enough. We'll come back with the Weekly Prophet of Woe and Lamentation next. So I'm sure yeah, we're not the only ones around here that has noticed uh, some, some things are changing. Uh, inflation, we're looking at Jimmy Cotta level, uh, level era levels at the moment. Um, uh, thanks to our government, out of control spending, confidence in the dollar is plummeting as well. Uh, you could see some dark days ahead. That's why so many people are looking at things like cryptocurrency and things of that nature at the moment right now. They are reading the tea leaves. However, there is one commodity out there that has stood the test of time when it comes to standing up to out of control governments, and that would be gold. And the company we want to recommend to you is American Hartford Gold. They sell physical gold and silver that's delivered right to your door or inside of your IRA. They make it easy for you either way. They're the highest rated firm in the entire country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. If you call them right now, they'll give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first order, up to $1,500 of free silver on your first order to give you an added extra boost if you call them right now at 866-959-3011. That's 866-959-3011. Or if this is simpler, text my first name, Steve. Text Steve to 65532. That's Steve to 65532. We're getting more nominations for best theme song to a comedy ever. Green Acres, that's iconic. Welcome Back, Kata is pretty iconic. Wouldn't we agree? Not as iconic as the other ones. And then Be- Beverly Hillbillies, that has to be on the that's- list. That's pretty iconic. That, that's maybe where we kick Friends to the Curb and put that on the list. Oh, well, that, I kicked Friends to the Curb without any alternatives. Gotcha. So yes. All right. Well, our next guest loves to kick people to the curb. He's the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation. Good friend, Daniel Horowitz. How you been, brother? We're doing all right, Steve. Great to be back with you today. All right. Simple question to start with. How much does our CDC lie? Um, if you would test and culture that at a lab, you wouldn't find any shred of truth on that. No truth pathogens, only live fungi and bacteria. Um, I think they lie even about the mundane stuff. There's nothing they haven't lied about. And again, the Chinese lab story was the least of the lies. Um, everything from therapeutics to asymptomatic spread to natural immunity to everything about the vaccine, if you want to call it that. 
And uh, man, it just it just gets worse and worse. And the mask stuff is probably the most consequential lie to civilization of all time. Why? See, the last few years, I've not spent a lot of time trying to delve into motives because I have found, I don't know what you think, but in my career, I have found I've done some of my best, but my absolute, some of my worst trying to do that, okay? That trying to read people's consciences and things of that, I kind of feel like maybe that's God's purview and not my own. But I think we're dealing with such a systemic level now of corruption and evil that I think it is important for us to know what is malfeasance. I just suck at this. I'm just not any good or malevolence. Like I know I'm, it's not a feature or not a bug, but a feature. I, I think we need to know that more than ever before now. So why, why are they doing this? So I, I think there's two layers in our system, the system and it applies to many issues. There's the Bill Gates le- level. Those that are working in big pharma, that's the malevolence. I mean, that's just the malignant evil. They're willing to have people die for a lie. Um, they know everyone will buy into what they what they promote, which is why, again, Merck is out there. They just signed a $1.2 billion contract with the government to promote this new uh, uh, pharmaceutical Uh, for COVID when they dump on their own drug ivermectin because they can't make much money off of it. Uh, So that's that's that level. Then you have the schleppers that, you know, could be your run of the mill, low IQ people in government and and CDC and these people where that's more like the times when there were less than a handful of people left in Israel that didn't need to bail, where the. Bill Gates's of the world create a system where through technology, and they're very into technology, if you've noticed, they make their idolatry more universal quicker than obviously what they were dealing with in the ancient times of the Bible, where everyone is very religiously pagan these days. So they want to make sure that they are up on it. And if, you know, masking and vaccines are the new sodomy, they're going to want all in on that in all ways. And and that's what short circuits any circumspection, any studies, any, you know, morality, any sense of anything. They're immediately able to do things and accomplish things like with the mass mandate that a society in the past would have had time to digest. Whoa, wait a minute. We would question, we would study. Here, I immediately need to be a good person because we saw this with the BLM frenzy. We saw it with Juneteenth. I mean, what what do you think is motivating that, Steve? Is mm-hmm. there money behind that? What's motivating every Republican to trip over themselves and promote the new Kwanzaa today? No, it's everyone immediately needs to show, I serve bail. So again, I think there's the malevolent forces and then there's bail. And it just depends on who you are. You described the spirit of the age. That's what you just described. That I, I need to show that I'm on the right team. Okay. Um, that I am one of the, you know, every religion divides people by believers and unbelievers. They have different terms for it. Okay. Jew, Gentile, um, you, uh, what are, I, you know, Islam has its own term. But every, every, Every religion has its own term for it, but every religion ultimately does divide people between believers and unbelievers. So what you're just describing is a a, a zealousness to show and demonstrate 
to the spirit of the age, then I'm on Team U. I'm on Team U, and this could not have been done without technology. I think we all agree COVID fascism could not have gotten off the ground without this stuff, not just because it facilitated people to reconstitute their lives through virtual reality, but just the spread of the virus of lies was able to happen through social media. That's where you get this virtue signaling coming from. So I think that's what it is. Once it reaches a frenzy of this is what we're doing, mass vaccines, and I think that does come from a dark place, then all the schleppers will just latch onto it. And that's how, as I wrote about today, you could have a scenario where Adam, Jerome Adams and Fauci warn that you're going to cross-contaminate yourself. There's other pathogens on it. We've had other studies in the past that have said that, and we're going to just mandate it on school children for hours on end and never bother to run a single study testing what is on those masks. What's on those? Hmm. Are they harming our kids? Until a handful of Florida parents did that in Gainesville, and you know we reported on that today. So... That's what happens. I don't think it's malvolence from those people at CDC. I just think, as you're saying, that's the spirit of the age. And I sure as heck am not going to stick my neck out and uh, be caught not bowing down to bail. Let's talk some foreign policy. The end, at least for now, and he did not go quietly, of the Bibi Netanyahu era. Um, Naftali, is it is it Bennett? Bennett is his last name, Bennett. I believe. He is the new prime minister. I was shocked. I didn't realize this. He is the first religiously observant Jew to ever be prime minister of modern day Israel. So your thoughts on this transition, what it means geopolitically in the region. I am fascinated by some of the elements, and, and I don't know the players intimately, okay? But I do know politics, having worked in it intimately for over a decade. And it does seem as if in order to get this coalition forged, which I believe assumed power by one vote in the Knesset, um, it required him giving a mainstreaming to certain forces that are, Bennett that is, it required him basically mainstreaming or providing some mainstream cachet uh, in order to the bottom of his coalition in order to get it uh, to get it run through. I'm sure he probably thinks, hey, I'm a decorated veteran businessman. I've run numerous departments of the Israeli government. I'm the one playing them. I'm the one playing the Arab coalition. They're not playing me. But you know, the folks in the Arab coalition are the ones thinking we're the ones playing you, brah. <laughs> OK, so I do think it's the, the, the this menagerie of a coalition he has forged in order to finish off Bibi. I find that particularly fascinating because eventually someone's going to find out in that coalition that they are the mark. Right. That, that, that's going to be found at some point. But what are your thoughts? So I, obviously, I don't think this coalition is going to last too long. I don't think it's designed to last. I'm not at all up on Israeli politics, but I will give it an American political lens for a moment, what I think is important. Um, a lot of people on the right, and I, I know I, I'm of the minority view on this because I've had some of our friends emailing me frantically, look at what they're doing to Bibi. Um, Netanyahu has a lot of goodwill among American conservatives. I was in the minority view on that. Um, he is always disappointed despite having Trump and, you know, because he, he sold out with uh, the Y Accords in the 90s, but they blamed that on Clinton pressuring him. Well, then he had his uh, big, substantial portion of his second tenure with Trump as president. He had a free lane. He did not annex a single bit of land there. He always promised before every election. That was like the Greg Abbott story. <laughs> I'm going to annex Judea and Samaria. And then he never even did like Greater Jerusalem. And he never really did anything that special 
um, at least not on the fundamental issues that I've seen. Then you had COVID fascism. And, and to me, that's just unforgivable. And to me, that was what broke the ice of like, well, what are you going to do? Hand the government to the left. You know, you got to just back him. To me, what that demonstrates is something we know to be true in America. Nobody should be the leader of the country for 12 years and then won another four years. Mm -hmm. We learned that with FDR. Mm -hmm. Absolute power corrupts absolutely, and no good was going to come of that. Um, moreover, he was becoming unpopular, and they had this logjam for like three elections. They couldn't, they had this stalemate. The bottom line is the left cannot win in Israel because because immigration does to Israel the opposite of what it does to other Western countries because they're mainly religious Zionists moving there to bolster the state, not to undermine it. So the left almost has a permanent minority. The only one who could bring them back is just a guy being there for 12, 16 years and becoming a lightning rod. Such a back, it I creates think, a backlash, you mean, against him individually. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. and, and I'm, not, I'm not absolving the media. The media is analytic. They're going to go after anyone on the right. I don't know this Bennett guy. I don't know if his motives are pure. They might, may not be. But what I think this does is kind of cleans him out, and now it takes him off the table of course, this coalition with the Arabs and the left and the far right and this is not going to hold. But now then I think Likud could finally groom someone else and they could win outright normally, whereas they weren't able to do that in the past. And to Netanyahu's, uh, you know, enduring um, fault, he did not groom someone, which he should have done if he wanted a stable handoff. It was time to hand off power. And if I dare say so, I do think there's might have a little bit of a lesson for us going forward here that, you know, wh whether it was his fault or not, once Trump became a lightning rod, perhaps what's good for us is to start over, not just with a new leader or leaders, but an entirely new approach so that we don't wind up with some sort of messed up scenario like Israel has today. I tweeted last week that if we are going to be if we're going to be put through Trump running again, which I would have said earlier in the year, I didn't think he was going to. Now I would solidly bet that he does. If he's going to run again, someone needs to ask someone that gets access to him needs to ask this question. How do we know you won't just hand the country over to the next Fauci esque character, the next at the next contrived crisis? How do we, how do we know the answer to that? OK, because to me, that's why we're, all the things you're seeing today, the acceleration of the timetables on the left, uh, Joe Mencha, all of it comes down to that decision that put in the mail and voting scheme and everything else stems from that decision. So how do we and then the doubling down on it and the months and months and months this went on. How do we know the next time some crisis gets contrived that he won't do it again? I think that's the question that needs to be asked. Am I wrong? And, and let, let me just broaden the question. The, the problem is more real than you're making it out to be because it's not just in the past. It's the here and now. You have Brooke Rollins, the coke funded jailbreak pro criminal entity running his uh, um, one of his shops, his think tank or whatever. And then you got, I mean, who knows if Jared and Ivanka will resurface again. And then you got Lindsey Graham as the gatekeeper for the endorsements. And he's literally 
carpet bombing every one of our candidates by preemptively endorsing every incumbent. Carpet bombed as one of his own supporters, Alan West, in the Texas gubernatorial primary last week. I I just I just don't get it. Uh So that's what I'm saying. That doesn't give me confidence. But but all the more so that question needs to be asked. I'm not saying he's unelectable. Just the opposite. I think the Democrats are headed for, you know, a repeat of 2010 and that cycle. And I it's think, about, is he prepared I, better to govern this time? Did he learn lessons about the, the the depths of the swamp? Who can really be trusted? Who cannot? Who to hire? Whom to not? Did he learn lessons? Otherwise, we're going to go through the same cycle where he can get elected, but then produce the backlash that 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 screws us in, on, the, on, the, on the back end of this. You got a minute. I'll give you the last word. And, and Steve, I will tell you, we don't need to wait till 2024. I think we will see over the next mm, eight to 12 months, he has a chance to remake the Republican Party or to prevent us from remaking it. And there's no middle ground because he's the biggest name in politics and all the incumbents will automatically come to him for protection mm-hmm. when they press that panic button. We're going to watch those endorsements. And I think that's going to determine very clearly if he's learned his lesson or not. Great stuff, my friend. Always good to see you. Take care. All right? God bless. God bless. Gentlemen, you have a quick thought here on that conversation in the 90 seconds we have left? That first part, when we were talking about Daniel's sort of talking about science, but is really talking about religion, and you point that out, that Mm -hmm. this is just the spirit of the age. Honestly, the, the confluence of how this show was prepared for something that we never thought happened, the amount of time we end up talking about vaccines, but it's because it's not science. It's religion. And until you grab your brain around that, uh, whatever you think health is ain't a coming your way. You know, a very optimistic view of Trump is that the last time around, back in 2016, uh, folks like those on this show um, who were very skeptical of Trump's ability to lead and to pursue a conservative agenda were pleasantly surprised. That doesn't mean that he went far enough necessarily. We've been through those things. An optimistic view of Trump is that this time maybe he has learned lessons. Now I'm I remain to be convinced, but he's proven um, literally everyone multiple times over and over again wrong, for better or worse, for better or worse. So that's an optimistic view, I think, on on Trump running again. From you. Wow. Don't make me regret this. <laughs> All right, we're going to stick around and do the overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, we will see you again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.